Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? All good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, today, I'm excited that we're going to be talking about a limitless analytics service that brings together data integration, enterprise data warehousing, and big data analytics. It gives you the freedom to query data on your own terms using either serverless or dedicated resourcing at scale. You excited about that? Analysis services. Uh, have you been re yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, not analysis services. Have you, have, you, <laughs> have you been taking the marketing Kool-Aid again? So today we're going to be talking about Microsoft Access Database. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think you're going to say Excel. Excel, yeah, we're talking, we're, we're talking about Excel as a data store today. Yeah. <laughs> Excel plug. I was actually, I wasn't reading from the, uh, the Excel product marketing. I was actually reading from the Azure Synapse Analytics um, product marketing. So that is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to explain what it is, who it's for, what are the considerations behind it, when you know somebody should think about it, when somebody may not want to think about it. So going on from my slightly facetious um, kickoff in terms of reading the literature, and I think you can probably read most marketing literature and not have any idea what it does after reading the literature. Um, I'm going to hand over to my friend, Mr. Goff, to kick off with uh, what is it? Cool. So, yeah, the whole idea around Synapse Analytics is that it is a, essentially a distributed SQL Server database system. So it, it spreads the compute resource across multiple different um, CPUs, essentially, and therefore lets you work with much bigger data than a traditional database would. And I mean, the idea really goes back. Um, it must be, it must be about twelve years now that uh, the this stuff dates back to uh, when Microsoft first started um, selling the Parallel Data Warehouse appliance. Now that essentially amounted to a set of computers and massive load of disks and an awful lot of SQL licenses to go over it. Um, the idea being that instead of a, a query being processed by one, one server, you could take a query, break it down into its components and distribute that processing across multiple different computers. Each sends its results back to a control computer that then builds it back up and sends it back to the user as a, as a result set. Now, these tended to start from the, the several hundreds of thousands of pounds a year spend to uh, actually get one of these appliances because it, it required a lot of computing, a lot of SQL licensing, and as you might imagine, the uptake wasn't exactly wonderful. Um, because it, it's, it was really outside the reach of most companies. So what ultimately uh, Microsoft have done is that they've brought this system to the cloud. And of course, the advantage of doing this on the cloud is that compute resources can much more easily be scaled up and down. 
and the costs can be massively, massively reduced. So what that means is that most firms of sort of medium size upwards who have got really large data sets, and I'm talking in the tens, hundreds of millions of rows or more. So we, we are talking sort of large numbers of rows or large volumes of data. So getting up to things like petabyte scale of data, it brings it within that, that reach. And it, it's a case now with it being on Azure, you can scale up the compute resource as and when you need it. So if you're going to be processing a really big data set, you can scale up your compute resource to run for a day with loads of resource and then scale it back down because you're only running it for your normal workloads beyond that. So it gives you a, a very scalable way of doing some really big data analysis. And it also allows you to sit straight over uh, Azure Data Lake storage as well. So you can push a lot of your storage off to the Azure Data Lake, keep your storage costs down a lot. So your raw data can sit there. You can do your big data analytics on that raw data and you can load a subset up of it of that up into uh, an Azure Synapse database as well to get the advantages of that higher speed SQL type processing on top of it as well. So it feels very much that, you know, Microsoft are betting reasonably big on this. You know, if I look at the announcements I've seen from people moves and whatever on LinkedIn platforms like that, then the organization or the business unit is very much Azure Synapse, Analytics, and Power BI together. Um, do, do you feel that this is technology that will be trickling down? You've talked about it being for big organizations, petabytes, tens of millions um, of rows of data in terms that needs to get processed. And we've got this thing, which is, you know, Power BI, which is inherently scalable, but can be used for a couple of individuals. And these two being together and having a common identity feels to me to some degree that the applicability of Synapse may change over time. Is that something you see? I think it, in a way it already has. And I think the, the move towards uh, Synapse analytics or rather than as it was originally branded when it, it went to the cloud, it was branded as um, the uh, Azure SQL Data Warehouse. I think that, that move of branding has also coincided with a shift of the usage because if, you are, if you're looking to build a big scale or big-ish scale da data warehouse, and I'm talking in the sort of 100 plus gigabyte range, if, if you're looking anywhere near that, so that's a long way from being petabyte scale, um, you will still be at the price point of uh, Synapse probably makes sense to look at it very seriously as an option. Because, I mean, that scale of data, you know, and any particularly transactionally heavy business retailers, for example, um, you know, one of those could, you know, you don't have to be a huge retailer to get into the scale of tens of millions of transactions, do you? No, not at all. So, you know, it's, it's, 
it's almost potentially hitting the upper end of mid-market retail, for example. Is that fair in terms of who could be using this? I'd say quite, yeah, quite easily, really. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's no longer the domain of really big companies to use a system like Synapse. It, it's very much more trickling down into the, those sort of more medium-sized businesses, I think. Yeah, yeah. Where, where is Synapse effective? Where are its main use cases? And maybe where is it less effective? Shailen, do you want to take this one as I've been uh, talking a lot? <laughs> no coughing as well. We don't want any of your germs on the podcast. Germ-free <laughs> podcast today. It's not saying apps is a cold. <laughs> it's not, it does, I know. When when I first heard the word synapse, I thought it was an illness. Sorry, Microsoft marketing people. <laughs> Apologise. When Tom Shailen said, made me say that. Yeah. When Tom said when you said shift earlier, I didn't know what you were going to say. You said, <laughs> 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 you said it's a shift. 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 But I think maybe you're talking about the let's say the application and to other organizations whereas previously this whole parallel data warehousing may have inhibited in terms of cost because there were license costs right so it's all around license costs and sql server license costs and they were done by processor or or actually you know threads um and and cores and that and there's been a, a big shift in that now because it's more azure and so it's around consumption yep so you don't have to buy your sql server license now with with azure you know, you're actually signing up to a a subscription it's part of your tenant and you can you know monitor usage um, so it does make it a little bit more appealing to um, organizations and if you look at you know signups i mean if, as soon as you start getting to a a larger database, a larger Azure SQL database, maybe with multiple um, sources of information, and then you you want to start um, looking at you know um, analyzing that data further. So it's not just a transactional database, but analyzing the data further with some kind of front end on top of it, Power BI, um, Excel plug, yeah. So <laughs> that's where, yeah, that's where um, organizations I think should start looking at. Uh, um, synapse um, and it's not saying it's it's for everybody however consider it in your strategy yep. and and for your analytic strategy so Correct. It's, it's, this yeah. is really about analytics you know this is not about transactional reporting yeah this is around analytics mm -hmm. it's not operate it's not really operational reporting um as you say or it's not yeah transactional it is the analytics part yeah, and I think that that's a really important point to really sort of reinforce to everybody that the, generally speaking, the concurrency that you get with uh, Synapse Analytics is relatively poor. It doesn't deal with a large number of users constantly doing lots of little transactions against it. What it wants is users doing much bigger pulls of data um, 
and doing that analytics rather than constantly trying it doesn't work well when it has to serve up lots of little bits of data to hundreds of people and receive lots of little bits of data from hundreds of people it wants people who are looking at that big picture stuff so it's the analytics it's the pulling large amounts of data to do that trend analysis and do those aggregate queries against it it's not for it, it would not sit there as a replacement for SQL in a line of business system. Yeah. So think about it. If you've got large scale analytics, whereby you've got a lot of complex calculations on an awful lot of data going on, which we know can slow things down significantly. Um, you know, it's not looking at replacing a power BI or something like that. It's potentially doing the analytics serve data up. So data can be consumed in power BI thereafter. It's not, a, it's not, a end user tool in any way. Um, end users aren't going to be saying, I'm going to go and look at the Synapse Analytics report on such and such. I'm going to query the data there. They're going to be interacting somewhere else. Is that, is that all fair to say? Broadly, although yeah, I mean, you'd have a you sort of um, you would have analytics power user types who might be writing queries directly against uh, a, a Synapse database, but yeah, you're you're general report consumer and user would be wanting to use a tool like power bi connected to it um and this is one where actually the the if you're working with data sets that need synapse the balance of direct query versus uh, import mode tends to shift a little bit more towards the direct query again because if you are making the most extensive use possible of Synapse, then you are going beyond what Power BI will deal with as an import. Okay. And that's an interesting point, isn't it? For those organizations that want to go and use direct query because they've got security considerations, for example, they want the data to stay within the database and not go within a Power BI model and things like that, then it could be very important for that to go and do the data transformation in Synapse, um, just use direct query straight into Power BI for consumption. They don't have concerns about PBIXs getting downloaded and shared and lost and all that kind of general stuff, which, you know, I've had this conversation a number of times recently with organizations specifically wanting to use DQ over import just due to security and, and, and try and stem any, any, data loss that could potentially happen. Yeah, um, but I think that it is worth just so with that side of it, you do need to be running your Synapse installation at scale. Um, you're not going to get away with just like one or two nodes if you're trying to use it for large data sets and direct query. So yeah. you, you do need to still have it scaled properly for that job. Um, Shailen, um, I forgot the question I was going to ask then. Sorry, I still listen to you, Tom. Don't worry, Jeff I can, out, I, don't I can leave fill it. in. Leave it. I can, I can go fill on, in. Go on, fill in. So, I, I had a, go on, go for it. I think, you know, so Microsoft, what, what, what they've done is built, like in the same way that, you know, and data warehousing is built on SQL. Um, so that's, that's Synapse as well. It's built on that industry leading SQL platform. Yeah, so and you know, years ago I remember when we used to do those um, back at Microsoft, 
looking at things like um, uh, transactions and was you know SQL Server scalable enough? Well, I think over the years it's, it's proved itself. Yes, it is scalable. And hence why when you're talking about big, very large data sets and big data is built on that platform. Yep, so it's built on that SQL um, platform. So there's no, you have to worry about that, you know, the scalability and performance of it. And um, I agree around around the nodes, the nodes, and that's around the consumption. Um, the other key thing, though, is, you know, languages available as well. So it's not just T-SQL, yes, and or um, uh, .NET, but the fact that you can start doing some Python or, or Spark, um, it's aimed at those you know a little bit around data science as well you know and in, to interrogate that data um so it's those languages uh, within there there are a whole host of we can talk about you know this part as a um, there are a whole host of kind of connectors as well you know available and, and microsoft being microsoft will continue to add to these connectors in a similar way where we had those connectors within power bi there were so many and they just continue to add you know connectors, and I, I think this is this is an, it's an evolving thing here. And we'll just see. Um, so it, it makes it a little bit more, I don't know, feasible for organisations to really consider it. Yeah, and it, I mean, look, as I said earlier, it feels like a technology that Microsoft is investing in significantly, which is important if you are considering using Synapse Analytics or considering using any technology. You want to know that the vendor is backing it and taking it seriously and thinks there's growth there because you know that they're, they're going to be putting you know dollars into into developing said technology so i think i think you know the organizational moves have been very positive for synapse and any customer looking to go and use synapse that they are starting to use a technology that microsoft sees um, an awful lot of mileage in yeah yeah Exactly, um, and it's built yeah. on the Azure platform, and, yeah. that, and, that, and that's really what they're pushing. But yeah. as you say, though, Shailen, it's also got that um, SQL pedigree in it as well. So, you know, it's that thing of it is using a familiar way of querying data. So if, you, if you've been working with data for years, yeah, most of your SQL skills will transfer over. There are a few oddities about it and a few things that, yeah, there are differences in in SQL because it is, a, it is something that has to be written to run over multiple nodes um, that may not know necessarily exactly what each other know what each other is doing at any moment in time because that's how it scales. Yeah. However, it is that that thing of going well the 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 differences aren't insurmountable by any means, and you you'll quickly learn. The things that you can and can't do yeah yeah it's important um okay guys look to round up i've got our next almost. podcast by the way I just oh, what's our next it podcast i, I thought Go about it. it now so um <laughs> and i think we've had lots of queries about this as well where um how how to you know how, how do you transfer your skills or bridge that gap from traditional data warehousing to um, cloud, Azure, and and this is a perfect case, really, because you know, Tom, you were mentioning there are certain things you have to be aware of. Yeah, so it's 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 those um, 
kind of components and points as well in terms of how to bridge that traditional data warehousing or let's say a lot of on-premise data warehousing to Azure. Yeah, look, I think, you know, for any any technology specialist, unless you're sitting thinking about what's next, what do I need to learn next, where's the market going to, then you're going to get left in the cold pretty quickly, aren't you? Yeah. Um, all right, guys, um, I was, you know, we generally round up with top tips, but I don't think we've got too many top tips for this particular. Um, it's really just explaining what, you know, concisely what Synapse is all about, use cases, um, and how somebody would go about it um, if they want to come and talk to us. So clearlycloudy.co.uk, clearlysolutions.net, so former for UK and Europe, latter for North America. Um, we'd be very happy to go and help out. Microsoft have got a lot of great resources if you go past the immediate marketing blurb, which <laughs> is a little bit meaningless. Um, so, but I think, and also I think actually a great idea, actually something about how individuals can can move their skill sets on from traditional DW to a lot of these services, you know, Data Lake, Synapse, etc. You know, these are all things that we know from the customers that we have. They're looking at these things very seriously in terms of how they can get the benefits out of them because we we tend to deal with organisations with large transaction volumes. So. Um, so having those skills in place is important. All right, guys. Well, look, um, we are gone under 22 minutes. So that's quite a record for the podcast. So I'm sure anybody listening will be over the moon with that. Um, <laughs> on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks a lot. Bye, Cheers, guys. Bye.